This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This is Kairach Tavshin Ayin Ches. The Pasha begins right in the beginning, telling us, V'yikach Kairach ben Yitzhar ben Kos ben Levi. Kairach came, V'dasa v'avira ben Eliyav, together with Ayin ben Pelas ben Eruvain, these four people came. The next Pasha tells us, V'yakumu l'fnei Moshe. They got up against Moshe, together with some other people. Vanashim ibn Israel, Hamishim ibn Musayim, 250 other people. Who were these 250 other people? The CAA, they were princes of Kla Israel. Kira'i Mayed, these were the people who were called to meetings to discuss things, how to run Kla Israel. Anshay Shame, they were men of renown, they were well known people, they were Hashiva people. So it was these 250 people, together with Kairach, Dasva Aviram, and Ayn ben Pelas. The Kahalo al Meishev al Arain, they gathered against Meish and Arain, Vyamro Leyem, Ravachem, it's enough for you. Kikal Haida Kum Kedashem. Everyone in Christ all is holy, not just you. Uvisecham Hashem, and Hashem is with them. Umadua Tisnasu Akal Hashem. Why do you exalt yourselves over Christ? Rashi says, <coughs> excuse me. Rashi says that these psukim are well darshan in the Medrash Tanchuma. Very interesting because right in the beginning of the parish, the Torah tells us who some of these people are. It tells us who Kairach is. It tells us who Dasan and Viram are. Who Ayn ben Pelas is. But it doesn't tell us who the 250 people are. It just describes who they are. And look at the descriptions. A reading from the Medrash Tanchuma talks about, gives an example. Imagine a mashu amadavardayma. Says somebody goes and he steals Gainav Kalim Base Medrash. He steals Kalim from the base Medrash. But the owner doesn't want to tell who he is. He doesn't want to say straight out who he is. So he gives Hiskil Naisim Baisimonov. He describes the person. How does he describe them? He says, Aisha ben Taivim, he's the son of good people. Bal Kaimahu, he's a tall fellow. Ainaiv Nois, he has nice eyes. Sairais of Shairais, his black hair. Chatmoy Noah, he has a nice nose. And this is how he describes him. Says the Medrashon Huma, Afkan here also. The Torah describes them in good ways and doesn't give us their name. It says, you know who they are? They are Kruy Heida, Nesiyei Matos of Aisam, Rashi Alpha Yisrael. These are the leaders of Kali Yisrael. And as Yosef points out, because this this is the way of the Torah. Even when the Torah has to go and tell us about people who are Rishoyim, they're fighting against Meish and Aaron. Still, the Torah goes out of its way to describe them in nice ways. The Torah describes them as people of stature, people of leadership positions. Why? Because when you want to describe somebody, you describe him nicely, even though he's doing something bad. Like the Medrashan Chumas says of this Ganif, we describe him nicely. He's a tall fellow. He's a handsome fellow. He's the son of good people. Because as the terrorist telling us, every single person is deserving of respect. Every single person is deserved to be treated properly and as nicely and best as possible. Many years ago, there was a fellow who was called up to substitute in yeshiva. The Rebbe had to leave for about a month, and they called him this fellow to substitute. He came in, and he did not have an easy time. 
he worked very, very hard, but the students were just giving him a run for his money. Yeah, it happens, right? And he was having a very difficult time. And one particular day, the students were really, really acting up. And to put someone in his place, he really, really embarrassed somebody, and he completely humiliated one of the students. Well, it had the right effect, because the student was quiet. Unfortunately, those comments from that day's experience with that substitute Rebbe really, really affected this person. And from there, it was all downhill. He started messing up in his studies in the afternoon. He started messing up socially with his friends. And years went by, and this person suffered from this. Many years later, this substitute Rebbe, who later on became a Rebbe elsewhere, met some of the students from that class. And they're already grown men, and they're having a discussion. In the discussion that came up about that fellow that he embarrassed and humiliated that day, and he's, he asked, oh, how's he doing now? And he said, Rebbe, what should we say? He's not married. He lives by himself. He's really, really doing bad. The Rebbe heard this, and he was heartbroken. He knew that it was his fault, or partially his fault. He got his address, and he made his way to go visit his former student. He knocks on the door, comes inside. He starts to speak to the student, and he sees he's really, really not in good shape. He starts to ask for forgiveness, and he apologizes, and he says, I was new at this, and I'm sorry. And the student, who is now a grown man, says, you really want forgiveness? I suggest you ask forgiveness the same way you caused this. He says, what do you mean by that? He says, well, you humiliated me in front of all my friends. I'll forgive you as long as you ask for forgiveness in front of all my friends. The Rebbe hears this. He says, this is 20, 25 years ago. How am I supposed to fight everyone? And the person said, well, obviously you don't really want forgiveness. The Rebbe says, no, no, I do. I'll take care of it. He went back to the yeshiva. He went to the office. He got the names of everyone and addresses. And it took two weeks. He located all 24 students. He started making calculations to bring them all to the city. Some of them were overseas. Some were different parts of the country. He made a cheshman. It would cost him over $20,000. $20,000? He didn't have $20,000. And even if he could put together $20,000, is that his responsibility? Just because the guy wants him to ask for forgiveness in front of everyone? For that, he's supposed to spend $20,000? He went to his Rav, and he asked his Rav what to do. It was embarrassing for him to say the story, but he wanted to take care of this incident. So he asked his Rav what to do. His Rav looked at him and said, I don't understand. If you were driving a car, and a kid ran in front of you, and chas v'shom, you ran over the kid and you killed the child, you'd be dragged to court. You would have to hire an attorney. And you'd have to defend yourself. That was a mistake. The child ran in. They would say you're driving too fast. And you'd have a court case. Would you have a problem spending more than $20,000 to save yourself from going to prison? The Rebbe thought for a moment and said, of course, I would somehow spend the money. I wouldn't want to go to prison. And the Rebbe looks at him and says, and to spare yourself Gehenna, you're not willing to spend that money? Just because it happened a long time ago doesn't mean you're absolved from, forgetting, from, from, from getting his forgiveness. You still have to obtain his forgiveness. 
If it means spending the $20,000, that's what you should do. And that's what he did. He gathered everybody together. He begged for that Bachar's forgiveness. And he was granted forgiveness. But you see from here, says Ritzi Morgenstern in the Sefer, Sheiris Menachem, how the terror goes out of its way to people like Kairach and his followers and the 200 Anshei Shem, Chashavah people, even though they did such terrible things and they were punished immediately, yet the terror goes out of its way to speak and describe them in a nice and positive way. Such a lesson, we're coming to summer shortly. We're going to be spending more time with our friends, interacting more, a lot more free time. How important it is to always, always speak to our friends in a nice and positive way. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.